Merryweather leaned out the window to see the early autumn color on the hillside, despite the orders from the driver to stay inside. She looked eagerly out to see the mansion toward the right, with fountains and stonework, engraved with the inscription that said, The Adams House, not far from town. It had always fascinated her, and no less so now. It had not changed at all in the years she had been away. The rose garden was still in bloom, in front of the marble steps. Frances was the heir and owner now. Her mother had written her shortly after she had gone east to school that the elder Mr. Adams had passed away. He had left everything he owned to his son and only heir, Frances. And what he had owned was substantial. Mary scowled. The last time she had seen Francis was the day he had rescued Bailey, her puppy, from under the hooves of Mr. Becker's horses and wagon. She would never forget that day, and certainly would never forget the swat and the scolding he gave her upon the return of her puppy. She hoped never to see Francis Adams again, ever. Her cheeks reddened at the very thought of it. She had left home in the fall of 1843, a gangly 13-year-old, with eyes and a mouth too large for her face, and returned a young lady, who was quite beautiful. Her deep auburn hair was still quite long, almost reaching her waist. But she had not, in spite of being gone six years, grown much taller. Her eyes, no less blue than they had ever been, were twinkling with eager excitement at returning home. Her parents had sent her regular letters, along with her close friend, Carlotta, who was soon to be married, and moved away from Strasbourg. But the letters had been informative. In some ways, she had felt as if she had never left home. Once again, the driver shouted at her to get back inside. She moved inward slightly, but did not stop looking out the window, in an attempt to see if her parents were waiting for her at the station. If they were not, she would be dreadfully disappointed. She could see him now, her tall and sweet papa, waiting in front of the station. Papa! she called, waving out the window, and her father looked up at the sound of her voice, his eyes alight. Mary Bell! She grinned at his use of her childhood name. She did not wait until the driver descended to open the coach door. Throwing it open, she jumped to the ground, running into her father's arms. How is my little Mary Bell? he asked, lifting her off the ground. Oh, Papa, I am so glad to be home, she giggled, the tinkling of her musical voice drifting. Is Mother here? No, Mary, I came to pick you up. Your mother is having tea with Mrs. Green this morning. You will remember her. Mr. Green owns the general store. Mary's eyes danced. All right, I shall be glad to see her. How is Bailey? Mr. Thatcher waited for her trunks and put them into the wagon he had left waiting not far away. He turned then, his face serious. His hands were on her shoulders, and Mary searched his face. What is it, Papa? Is Bailey all right? Bailey is fine, Mary. I do have some bad news for you, however. Here, my sweet girl, get in. Mary's eyes grew worried. I... if Mother is having tea, and you are here, and Bailey is all right, then... 
She paused. Papa, what is it? It is the house, Mary Bell. It has burned. We did not think a letter would reach you before you left school. Your mother and I are staying with Aunt Syl and Uncle Herman at the present until a new one is built. Oh, Papa, I am so sorry. Do she bit her lip. Aunt Sylvia and Uncle Herman have room for me?